You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Gary Harris Show for this uh, Tuesday, February 27, 2024. February is winding down. Of course, we get an extra day this year. It's leap year. So uh, the final day will not be until Thursday, the 29th this year. There is a 29th day in February. And... Uh, Still, we're winding it down for another month as we're already going to be into the third month of 2024. The years just go by faster and faster. I said this before, Justin. I was always told that when I was a kid. You know, a kid, when you're a kid, two weeks seems like forever. When you're soon to be 60, two weeks is like nothing. I mean, it goes by like a blink of the eye, but uh, we're winding it down for February, but we got a good show on tap for you today. Welcome into the program. I'm Gary Harris. Got Justin Jones right there on the other side of the glass, manning the controls, taking your phone calls in the first hour on the first domain condominiums hotline and the second hour on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline. And we're excited to be with you as always. I'll run down the lineup for you in just a second. First, though, I need to tell you that this hour of the Gary Harris show being brought to you as always, by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit, it's just a better way of banking. I encourage you to find out more at alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And pull extra change in your pocket. All right, the lineup for today at 9.30, the Rocket Man, Rudy Arman, co-host of Talking Ball. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on ESPN 977 Radio in Huntsville. He will be with us as uh, he always is on Tuesdays. And at 10.30, the Hall of Famer, Shelton State <coughs> baseball coach Bobby Sproul, former major leaguer, former Alabama pitcher, will be with us to talk about a special weekend coming up at Shelton State this weekend. Also, Greg Byrne yesterday was part of a um, D1 basketball committee meeting over in Birmingham for the tip-off club. And uh, we've got, uh, he did a media session there as well we've got that audio for you coming up here on the show the alabama athletics director in birmingham on yesterday and spoke about a number of topics including court storming and uh all types of things and we'll have that for you in the show today as well if you want to get involved in the program as i said the first domain condos hotline the number is 205 342-9904. That's 205-342-9904. We'd love to have you with us this morning here on the show. All right, it's 9.08. Some topics that uh, are making news. Uh, Alabama football. Again, I don't know why they're doing it this way. Staggering all these announcements of these coaching hires, but uh, that's the way they're doing it. And yesterday, the announcements came that Maurice Linguist and Colin Hitchler have been officially named co-defensive coordinators. Of course, Kane Womack is the defensive coordinator, and he will coordinate the defense. But uh, Kalen DeBoer announcing the official hiring of Linguist and Hitchler. Linguist spent the last three years as the head coach at the University of Buffalo, while Hitchler joins the Crimson Tide after serving as the co-defensive coordinator and coaching safeties at Wisconsin in 2023. So those two 
gentlemen who, like all of these coaches, have been on the job for a while, but now they are officially members of the Alabama Crimson Tide football coaching staff. Now, keep in mind that um, all these announcements are official once they come out from the university. Uh, Board of Trustees, though, still have to um, approve the financial terms, and uh, that will, you know, that's just a matter of uh, crossing the, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's, but uh, that still has to be taken care of, but we don't know at this point in time any of the salary numbers for any of these assistant coaches so far, (coughs) but we will in the near future. Some other topics uh, making news. Uh, It's a good year for NFL teams to find a running back, Justin, because we've talked about this on the program before. Running backs are just not valued the same way that quarterbacks are, wide receivers are, offensive tackles are, um, edge rushers are. Uh, It's just thought, and rightfully so, that you can find a running back uh, no matter how good the one is that you have. And the shelf life for running backs is thought to be, really, to be honest with you, as far as prime, is really about three to five years. That's why these NFL teams view these these guys. So um, most of these top running backs are not going to be franchise tags. Now, could they still sign a long-term deal with their current teams? That's possible. But it also opens up the free agent market. Uh, And two of those running backs that are not being tagged are former Alabama guys, Josh Jacobs of the Raiders and Derrick Henry of the Titans. The Raiders, I think, will will try to re-sign Jacobs. But if they can't come to agreement, then he'll be able to sign with another team. The Titans are moving on from Derrick Henry. I, I don't think there's any doubt there that he's going to sign with a different team. The Giants are not going to tag... This is all according to Adam Schefter from ESPN, their NFL insider. The Giants are not expected to tag Saquon Barkley. They will like to sign him to a new deal, but there's no guarantees. The Los Angeles Chargers are expected to let Austin Eckler explore free agency. Other running backs scheduled for free agency next month include DeAndre Swift, A.J. Dillon, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Ezekiel Elliott, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Tony Pollard, of course, of the Cowboys is going to be in that group as well. So <clears throat> what we have here is we have some of the top running backs in the National Football League on the market. And in addition to being a lot of guys available, Justin, this is also going to drive the cost down. I mean, if you've got a guy you're targeting – and he's saying, I need this much money. Well, you're probably just going to move on to another guy that doesn't cost as much. That's just the reality of this. And and whether running backs like it or not, um, that's the reality of it. And they, they'll complain, but they, they collectively bargain this. All of these players with the union and the league. So it is what it is. But this is no doubt setting up to be one of the deepest best and most accomplished running back classes of all time. And a guy like Derrick Henry, who I think at this point is in his career, is going to chase a, a a ring. In other words, he wants to go to a, an NFL contender. 
I think that guy, he's been smart with his money. All indications are that he's very frugal. Justin, I think he'd be willing to, to take less than market value at this point in his career. That gives him more options because of Saquon Barkley, a Josh Jacobs, a Tony Pollard, they probably aren't going to want to take less than top market value. That gives to, in my opinion, Derrick Henry has more options because if you're willing to take the amount of money the clubs are willing to pay, there's more teams that are going to want to sign you and you have more options because some of these top guys, like I said, they're going to be holding out for top dollar. Uh, Henry may be looking at, at simply what's the best fit for me, what's going to give me the most opportunities to be productive, and also the most opportunities to have a chance to win a, a Super Bowl. No, you're exactly right. With that uh, lower standard, he can take less money. He can go to a better team. And I think, frankly, the teams that he's rumored to be interested in or teams that are interested in him are contenders. You're looking at the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the Dallas Cowboys mm -hmm. You know, if, whether or not they're contend contenders is up for debate, but... No, they are. Even even the Chiefs, believe yeah. it or not, it's crazy. So he can he can find the right team. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I get the gut. My gut feeling tells me that Jacobs will wind up re-signing with the Raiders. That's the only team he's ever played for. Um, they're on the cusp of being good. I think he knows what he has with that team. Um, but they're going to have to, he's going to have to take less money because had they tagged him, he would have cost him $14 million plus. I don't think they're going to pay him or sign him to a contract that averages more than $14 million a year. I just don't. But we will see. So that's, um, you know, that's a story making news. Of course, high school Basketball state tournament underway at Legacy Arena. American Christian Academy boys play today at 4.30. And uh, we'll have coverage of that tonight on WVUA 23. This court storming situation, you heard uh, Jay Billis talking about it. If you listen to Wimp and Barry, uh, Greg Byrne is going to comment on that, as I said, <clears throat> when we have his comments for you. It's, it's become a huge story, but I also put it in on the football side, too. Uh, Alabama, just like Duke in basketball and Kentucky in basketball, Alabama in football deals with it more than any other team. Um, when they go on the road, if they lose a game, we saw a couple years ago in Knoxville where it just got crazy. Jermaine Burton was involved in an incident. I've said for some time, I don't want to kill the, 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 the enjoyment and excitement of the game, but this is a player issue safety. It's even more so in football because – there's more players on the on the field. It's a bigger area, um, so I hope that if something is 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 worked out, because I do think we're headed to, um, you know, you look at Filipowski from Duke. You know, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is, but you are headed to something where at some point one of these players is going to lose their cool, and they're going to slug somebody, and that's. Uh, that's just the reality of it. All right, we're off and running here on the Gary Harris Show. It's 917. We're going to get to our first break. This hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We come back, we're going to take a phone call from Tom. We've got uh, the Rocket Man, Drew Army, coming up at 930. Shelton State baseball coach Bobby Sproul at 1030. Comments from Alabama AD. Greg Byrne, more of your phone calls here on the Gary Harris Show. Keep it dialed in at Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. 
This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9 brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Sunday, Alabama baseball completed a clean sweep of Valparaiso. Head coach Rob Vaughn met with the media after the sweep. Kind of the end of a really good weekend. You know, we've talked in here, I feel like every game, about just trying to be a better version of ourselves and play cleaner, play better, be more efficient with what we're doing. And I thought we did that really all weekend. I thought, you know, going back to really Wednesday's game, I think we just we consistently ran off really good at bats. And it seems like whoever we plug in is running off good at bats. Mason Sweeney had a great day today. Um, even even his outs that were loud, he hit some balls hard. Cam puts a good swing on it, catches the ball really well behind the plate. So just continuing to get production out of the offense, which was huge. Obviously, TJ had a, a great finish to the game today. Um, got on time and, and hammered some balls there. And, and we had good pitching, man. We held him to one run, and, and Greg kind of did it with, with one pitch today. Really, we were talking about the game. He didn't really have great feel for his secondary stuff, and he kept attacking with the heater. And you saw you saw a lot of foul balls with it. I'll have more in a moment. Producing championship-quality lumber is not an easy process. But at Everwood Preserving, it's our only process. Wood treated right. Everwood offers top-notch pressure-treated wood for decks, outdoor structures, commercial jobs, and more that you can build your reputation on. When it comes to quality, we're on the winning team. Visit your local Everwood dealer today and discover the difference for yourself. Everwood Preserving Incorporated, the official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Join us tonight for Crimson Tide Baseball at UAB at Regents Field in downtown Birmingham. Coverage on the network starts at 5.55 p.m. for the 6 p.m. first pitch from Birmingham. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Patterson. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm February day today, mostly cloudy and breezy, a small chance of a shower, the high near 80. For tonight, mostly cloudy, becoming windy, the low 62. Rain at times tomorrow, turning colder, temperatures falling into the 50s by afternoon. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. 922, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC. I'm Gary Harris, Justin Jones with us. Let's jump out on the first domain condominiums hotline and uh, welcome in Tom. Hey, Tom. Morning, Gary. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, I'm a little uh, disappointed. I got two things this morning. First thing is, you know, I'd ask you to uh, ask uh, Casey on golf when he was on your show last week about Justin being starstruck by being in Tiger's company. Right. And you didn't do it. No, nope, I didn't. didn't yesterday. Huh? And, and I'm really disappointed in that. Well, I'm sorry. I just didn't. I didn't do it. Maybe I'll try to do it uh, next time I have him on. But I don't. I don't think that that's an issue. But I will. Uh, 
I'll, I'll try to remember to ask Casey about it. Well, I mean, if you don't, if you don't think it's a worthy conversation. No, I didn't I, say it wasn't worthy. I, I, I just said I don't think that a player of his caliber would be starstruck by playing with his one of his best buddies. But I will. Well, yeah. I, but but he could be, and I will try to remember. Um, I'll try to remember to ask uh, Casey about it. Okay, I, I, and it's more of a curiosity thing uh, with me, and I, I don't think it's bad. I'm not saying Justin's bad because, you know, every one of Spieth and uh, all of those guys is Justin's age. That That's their hero, golf hero. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he, he, he is what, uh, you know, them sitting out there banging at 350 yards, that's the reason why. Because they saw Tiger do it, and they wasn't going to stop till they learned how to do it. And uh, but uh, and and I don't mean it derogatory in any shape, form, or fashion. But I mean they're only human, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, no, uh, it's it's uh, and and when I interviewed Casey, it just slipped my mind to ask him about Tiger. But I'll make a note of it. And when I have him on next week, I'll I'll ask him. Uh, but but like I say, you know, you you're you're so experienced, and 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 I I'll go ahead and say I'm not saying this uh, uh, because you're I'm on the air with you, but uh, you uh, are so good at interviewing people uh, and, and over what I would be, and uh, and if and if you think that's not a good question, I get it. You know what I mean? You don't. You don't have to do it for me, but I, I was curious. That's all. No, it, I, you know, the, you're right. It is. It is something to ponder, and uh, I will ask Casey next week. I'll just say, hey, listen, when JT plays with with uh, with Tiger, he doesn't seem to play his best golf. Do you think there's something to um, him being starstruck or putting extra pressure on himself or whatever? So yeah, I'll make a note of it. Yeah, yeah, you know that's a good. Point you know, it's right not there. it's not a question that's going away. Of, you know, it, it'll still yeah. be there next Monday. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. I know. And um, but uh, you know, you made a good point. One I hadn't thought about is, is that he put extra pressure on himself to perform. You know that, mm-hmm. but that kind of falls into the uh, hero worship as well. So anyway. Uh, thank you, Gary. If you do ask him, I, I, I'll yeah, I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a note of it. That way, I won't forget. I'm gonna ask him about it next okay. Monday. Thank Second you, Tom. Thing I wanted to talk. I will hold on. Okay. Second thing I want to talk about is Derek Henry. Yeah. And you know, Derek has uh, has worked hard for everything he's ever got, and. Uh, and I admire that uh, about him and, and all like that. And I hope that, you know, if he wants to continue to pursue his career in the NFL, he gets to do that. And I and, I, and like you were saying, I hope he gets to do it with a team that is going to contend, you know. And uh, I would like to see him get a Super Bowl ring like I would all the Alabama players. But, you know, the curious thing to me is Derek has trained himself – because he desires to be an FBI agent when he gets done with the NFL. Well, he'd be a rather he'd be a rather imposing, intimidating Can you FBI imagine agent. Imagine being in the apartment, <coughs> burning, burning one with a pound on the table, and Derek Henry gets the <laughs> door down coming in. You talking about going on a bad trip? <laughs> <laughs> Lord mercy. That'll be interesting to see if he follows through on that. You know, I, 
you know, a lot of, you know, Shaq, you know, kind of wanted to be in law enforcement. He got, you know, he got ceremonially, ceremonially kind of named, but a lot of these guys say things like that, but to actually really pursue it as a career, I'll be interested to see what, uh, what Derek does, but I'm more interested right now, Tom, I really am to see how he plays this free agency deal. You know, if he, if he strictly looks for fit and is willing to take less money because the, the market is flooded, dude, it really is. And if you hold out for top dollar, that's going to limit your opportunities. And I'm hoping Derek will, cause and you know, none of them are going to the poor house. Let's be clear on that. But I'm hoping Derek will, will work out an agreement with a team that, that suits his style, that has a chance to win a Super Bowl. And if he does, I think he's going to be very productive. But if he, uh, you know, he winds up with the wrong team or a team that's not a contender, I, you know, I just don't see that fit for him. So I hope he plays this really smart. Be yeah, FBI pretty quick if he does that. Yeah, it could, uh, be. Anyway, could be. Could be. All right, thank you, Tom. 9.28, and it's uh, time to get to the break. <clears throat> Before we do, though, I do want to remind you, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, I absolutely love it. It's a great facility. It's got everything you need to get fit. <clears throat> and it's got everything you need to, to make friendships, man. There's some great people there. It's the Y of Tuscaloosa, 2313th Street downtown. Open daily, every seven days a week. And uh, find out more by just stopping by the Y. They'll tell you all about it. Fitness classes, personal training, daycare, whatever you need, they've got it at the Y of Tuscaloosa. We'll be back with the Rocket Man, Rudy Armin, next here on the Gary Harris Show. Dentistry has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. Best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. Touchdown brings me right. All right, 931. We're gonna jump out on the first of Mankato's hotline and welcome in the Rocket Man, Rudy Armin. Co-host of Talking Ball, weekday morning, 7 to 9, with Scott Tyson on 977 ESPN Radio. And uh, with us every Tuesday to do exactly that, talk some more, talk some ball. How's it going, Drew? Good, Gary. How are you? Doing great. Uh, I want to jump in on Alabama men's basketball first because the game in Kentucky was so interesting in so many different ways for me. And I want to get your your take. Um, first of all, Nate Oates did not sugarcoat it after the game, which is the way he is. He shoots as straight as any coach I've ever dealt with. Uh, he said the words out, we don't guard anybody. And you look at you know, I'll give Alabama credit. If you're going to lose in this league and they've only lost three times, get your money's worth. They got blown out at Tennessee. They got blown out at Auburn and they got blown out at Kentucky. And I'm talking about blown out in all three of those games. Now, the good news is like Oates has said, they played well enough that they're in position to still win the SEC, but it's troubling sometimes. Um, I mean, of course, obviously it's one thing to lose, but uh, this propensity to get blown out by these good teams on the road, uh, you still got to go to Florida. Uh, you got to go to Ole Miss. Tomorrow night, four games left, Drew. What did you see on Saturday, and can it be fixed? Well, I mean, they've, they've responded from every loss. I mean, um, you know, they, they responded after uh, they, they uh, got blown out by Tennessee. They responded after they got blown out by Auburn. So they have the opportunity to respond uh, tomorrow in Oxford, Mississippi. So uh, certainly it can. I mean, they, they, they need to play better defense, but 
Uh, they need also to get all their pieces back. True. And I think, barring, uh, you know, the, the unforeseen, uh, I think Latrell Wrightson will be back. And that's an underlying thing. They, they were able to win without him against Florida. They weren't, with a, you know, against Kentucky. So uh, he's a big piece of the puzzle as far as balancing the offense. He's also an underrated defender. And then Muhammad Wagee certainly had not been playing a ton in the rotation, but he's a guy who, uh, you know, who has, you know, uh, some talent. If you need him uh, to use five fouls, you can. He'll get a more, he'll give them more depth in the post. He has had a few bright moments, so they're going to go from nine scholarship players to 11. Uh, you're playing an Ole Miss team that's certainly going to come in angry. They didn't play very well in their last outing at home where they got, you know, uh, you know, soundly whipped by South Carolina. But it's a winnable game for Alabama. I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think this is a supremely talented Ole Miss team. It's not easy to play in the pavilion, but I think it's a winnable game for Alabama. And despite the fact that they got blown out at Kentucky by a very talented uh, squad from John Calipari, uh, they have everything in front of them. It didn't even hurt their seating with Joe Lenardi. Uh, they were, they're still a three. And, uh, if they, if they were to win out, and I think three and one is more, is more realistic, but if they were able to win all four games, they win the Southeastern Conference regular season. They have everything in front of them. So they have to show some mental toughness. Put it behind them. Show some pride defensively, and uh, try to have a good week this week and get a win in Oxford. And then you're setting up if you do a first place showdown with Tennessee with the college basketball world watching as college game day, not for football, for basketball is is coming on campus for the first time ever. So let me ask you, Drew, who is your money on? You got Tennessee and Alabama tied. Uh, you got uh, South Carolina lurking, Auburn lurking. Heck, man, Kentucky's still, you know, got five losses. They're still lurking. Alabama's at Ole Miss, home against Tennessee, as you said, for game day. Mega big game, have to go to Florida, and then close it out at home against Arkansas. Who's your money on to win this SEC regular season championship? Well, I still think Tennessee has the best team. I still think if Alabama can get to 14-4 and four and beat the Vols at home, I think they can win it or at least tie it. But, again, they still might be tied with Tennessee even if they beat them. Uh, so it would come down to tiebreakers. But I think Alabama can get this done. Uh, I think they can get to 14 wins. But if you had to ask me who the best team is, I think it's Tennessee. They're old. They're physical. Uh, they've got good balance inside and outside. They added Dalton Connect, and they have Zakai Ziegler back. Zakai is outstanding uh, with his ball pressure, his speed, his playmaking ability at point guard. Uh, I, I said going into the season, uh, Gary, that I thought Tennessee and Kentucky have the two best teams on paper. I thought the Vols had the best team. Uh, I still think that. But Alabama, Nados has done a remarkable job, and you know, for what Lamont Paris has done, being 22 and five, and uh, you know, only a game back in the SEC, and from what Nate Oates has done, entire new coaching staff, only really two guys that played last year because Cosby was basically a red shirt, uh, and Nick Pringle was a bit guy. You've only had two guys in Mark Sears and and Ryland Griffin that played a lot to, to be uh, in first place, tied with Tennessee, with two weeks left in the regular season. I think it's Nate Oates' best coaching job, and I think he and Lamont Paris are the front runners for SEC Coach of the Year. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think the job that uh, that Oates has done has been absolutely phenomenal uh, with with this team. Let's move on to. And let me say one other yeah, thing. Ahead. One more thing. I, I apologize, apologize, Gary. I should have mentioned it before I, I wrapped up my comment. But I will say, of all the teams you kind of mentioned that are in the mix for the regular season, to me, 
if they were to win tomorrow, Auburn will win it because if they were if they could pull off the Tennessee road win because their other three games I think are going to be rounds. I think the Auburn schedule sets up the best, but I mean, I, but I think it's going to be very difficult for them to win in Thompson Bowling Arena. Yeah, that's a great point. Great point. I want to get to the. Uh... Court storming, rushing the field uh, issue. You know, for Alabama, it, it it's you deal with it more in football. It's like Kentucky and Duke in basketball. Same thing with Alabama in football. Alabama loses a road game. There's a good chance the field is going to get rushed. And we saw what happened at Tennessee a couple years ago. Very fortunate there wasn't a worse incident there than there was. Uh, we saw it, of course, with Fapowski getting, you know, banged into uh, trying to get off the floor in Winston-Salem there after the loss to Wake Forest. I've been saying some time, and I don't know how you feel about this. I don't know if, ever, if, if I've ever asked you about it. I don't want to take away the fun out of college basketball and college football. I don't. But I also think players, coaches, staff members deserve an opportunity to get off the court and get off the field without having to deal with this. And I think now that it's happened the way it did Saturday, there's a movement to, to do something about it. And you may not agree with me, Drew, but the basic concept of being a student athlete is to be able to play the game and get into your locker room. And now we're seeing situations where that's not happening. Where do you come down on this issue? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to take away the enthusiasm either, but I still say they have, they, they, and if you are very, very forceful with this and, you have the PA guys, uh, you know, set the parameters and you put the time on the clock. I say you have to give three to five minutes of clock time for all these players, coaches, and officials to get off the floor. And then you tell whether it's a in football or in basketball, you, you, if you uh, understand that in the last couple of minutes that uh, uh, you're getting a big win like this and you know it's going to be a scene, or if it's an overtime game, Gary, or whatnot, and and the game goes, you know, your way at home. You, I think you should say we will. We are going to put three to five minutes on this clock. You will be allowed on the field slash court in three to five minutes. But you must allow the players, coaches, and officials to get off this field. Anyone that does not comply to this is going to face severe discipline. If you do that, to me, it will solve the issue. And it will allow the players, coaches, and officials to get off the court or the field and then allow the, the fans to run out there, take their pictures, and have fun, okay? But the safety of the players, I mean, I had to cut a caller off my show this morning. I, you probably know him, Jeff from the borough, because he blamed Kyle Flipikowski for what happened. He said he no shouldn't way. have been in the middle of the floor. And I'm like, middle of the floor? Where's he supposed to go? He's trying to get off the court, and these people are stampeding him, knocking him around like a like a pinball. Okay, you have to give these players, coaches, you know, and, and officials a time, to, a chance to get off the floor. It's a very dangerous situation. You made a great point with Tennessee and Alabama a couple of years ago. That could have been a whole lot worse. And I know of some situations, you know, outside the stadium where there were some nearly some uh, some extremely bad things that could have happened with people acting a fool. So to me, you've got to give people a chance to get out of the stadium and get back in their locker rooms. I mean, we're not trying to take away from your enthusiasm, but you don't need to have an incident turn into a tragedy either with a fan or especially a player, a coach, or uh, an official that's getting trapped.
trampled or something by people that are not acting the way they should be or not really paying attention to what they're doing. And too many of these kids, though, they like to get up in people's faces, and that's just not supposed to happen, okay? You you don't belong out there, and you, you don't belong in their personal space. And so to me, you know, if you want to have fun, you got to let you got to give these players, coaches, and officials, and and and, and game people a chance to the, the game ops folks get off the floor and then have your fun. Amen. All right, uh, let's switch to football. And before we get to Alabama, I want to ask you about Auburn because you do a good job up there uh, covering Tennessee, covering Auburn, and in addition to Alabama, uh, they're in the in the in the you know uh, Rocket City. So much focus on Alabama and Kalen DeBoer and the new staff, but Auburn uh, is really under Hugh Freeze. He's he's pretty much flipped that staff, dude. I mean, they've got a lot of new coaches. They start spring ball today. What are you looking uh, for from Auburn? Well, I want to see you know how the new defensive staff meshes. Uh, you know they they got rid of Ron Roberts. Zach Etheridge is not there anymore. Uh, you know Jeremy Garrett, the defensive line coach, isn't there. I don't think they were satisfied with where they're. Uh, and the, with the chemistry on their defensive staff by the end of the season. Uh, and so he brought in D.J. Durkin, who's a veteran. Uh, he kept Wesley McGriff after McGriff uh, departed for a short period of time. He brought in Charles Kelly, who did a solid job at Alabama. I want to see how that defensive staff kind of meshes for Auburn and if they're going to be better. And then, of course, offensively, he's got his uh, guy, Derek Nix, who's going to be his O.C., but T is going to call the plays. I want to see, you know, where this quarterback battle goes. They did not go, go into the portal. You know, Caden Salter ended up going back to Liberty. That didn't happen. We've seen Robbie Ashford move on to South Carolina uh, because he wasn't going to be the QB. Uh, they've, really, they've been trying to stand behind Peyton Thorne. Uh, and really, Hughes' message has been to improve the, the cast around the quarterback, improve the O-line, and especially improve the talent of the, uh, of the skill position guys. Their, their backfield returns intact, but, you know, they, they've got Rivaldo Fairweather back and tied in, and they've got a really young receiver core that's talented. You know, what kind of impact can Cam Coleman have, uh, Bryce Kane, Perry Thompson, uh, you know, all these guys that they're bringing in, uh, Simmons from uh, Benjamin Russell, so Malcolm Simmons. Are, what kind of impact can they have as freshmen? Because they need them to have an impact because – they didn't have nearly as good enough a good enough receiver core last year, Gary, that could make big plays vertically and make those explosive plays. Cam Colvin is considered a top ten recruit in the country. I think he and Ryan Williams, and I've said this before, when you take into account Malcolm Simmons, Bryce Kane, the entirety of that receiver class in state. Ryan Williams goes to Bama. The other guys go to Auburn. It was probably one of the most talented in-state receiver classes we've ever seen. And Auburn needs those four guys to make an impact as freshmen because they've got to be able to make big plays vertically in order to win in the SEC. And and if Peyton Thorne doesn't make the prerequisite, the prerequisite, the prerequisite, pardon me, progress they need him to make, are they going to go into the portal after spring like Alabama did for Tyler Buckner? Are they are they going to or can Holden Gariner can he push? Uh, you know uh, the the incumbent, but more than likely you would think they would go into the portal, but. Again, I want to see what Hugh Freeze thinks of the progress of his offense, some of those young receivers, and and uh, how the uh, and how that uh, Peyton Thorne, the quarterback, because we've seen guys, portal guys, and I think sometimes people 
if there's not instant gratification, they write it off. We've seen them be much better in year two than year one, and I want to see what happens with Peyton Thorne at Auburn. And next week, uh, we'll get spring ball on the way here at Alabama. Uh, we haven't been seeing anything from U8 in regards to uh, the practice schedule or anything like that, but highly anticipated spring, first time since uh, uh, 2006 that Nick Saban won't be conducting it. It's going to be interesting. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Uh, but at the end of the day, these are 15 practices, including the 8A game, that are vital, I think, for a new staff, um, you know, coming together with a new team to have success in the fall, I think this spring is critical for Alabama, Drew. Well, yeah, of course it is. It's critical to get your offensive, defensive, and special team systems put in. Um, it's a completely, uh, you know, uh, fresh start for Alabama. Uh, Nick Staben is not here. I mean, Nick Staben's learning the verbiage from Kane Womack and what they're doing defensively. Some of the, the terminology is similar and it's what they're doing schematically with the four-two-five. but as I've said to me, uh, the areas that I'm most interested to follow, of course, I want to see how these quarterbacks are going to take to this completely different offense, this uh, basic – it's a balanced attack, but they really love to attack vertically with the passing game. I want to see how Jalen Milrow, you know, Dylan Lonergan, uh, certainly Ty Simpson, and, of course, Austin Mack, the transfer, how they uh, – Mack will know the offense, but how are these other three adjusting? And then the two uh, biggest positions that I think are going to be under scrutiny – are going to be offensive tackle. You know, is Elijah Pritchett, is he is he going to take a step forward? I think he's more, uh, you know, I think uh, built for this scheme with from what he get, what he brings from a skill set perspective at the offensive tackle spot. And then the, the freshman tackles, like the redshirt freshman will conform be, Miles McVay, where are they? Uh, you know, Bertrand, uh, the uh, young man from Texas A&M, where is this offensive tackle uh, position following spring? Are they going to have to go out and get somebody from the portal? Or what kind of progress do these young tackles make, man? I'm, I want to see that. And then defensively, the biggest area of concern which has got to be rebuilt is definitely the defensive backfield. You lose, you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry, you lose Terry on Arnold, I think two first-round pick-type talents at corner. Uh, you lose uh, Caleb Downs, your best safety, to the transfer portal. You did bring in Keon Sapp from Michigan. How does he, you know, quickly does he acclimate himself this spring? And then you got a ton of young DBs led by Z- the Zay Mincy's of the world, the Peyton Woodyards, the Jalen Mbakwe's. How are they coming along? You've got Damani Jackson, too, from the transfer portal. So the secondary is being completely rebuilt. So I'm going to be really watching quarterback, secondary, and offensive tackle uh, from that perspective for Alabama and Kellen DeBoer's first spring. Judy Arman with us here on the Gary Harris Show for a couple of, of more minutes. Uh, baseball, it's early, Drew, but I said yesterday on my show, uh, again, it's 25 years since Alabama made it to Omaha for the College World Series. This team has the potential to get there. They almost got there last year. I mean, just watching this team early, man, even with the loss of Riley Quick, they seem to have depth in the pitching staff. They got some some strong arms. Uh, and lineup-wise, man, they, one through nine, they can hurt you. Now, obviously, um, they go to play UAB tonight at Regents Field. They go out to the tournament in Texas this weekend with some really good competition. So we're going to find out more. But I like what I've seen from this team so far. What about you? Yeah, I mean, they fell behind a couple times against Valpo in the first inning. But I like the way they responded. Uh, that lineup looks really stout. It's amazing because it's new. I mean, Matt Gassetti is really the only holdover that, that uh, saw a lot of time. And it looks like, speaking of somebody in his second year out of the portal, 
that he's really settled in. He's going to be the everyday catcher for this group. Uh, he's swinging the bat really well. T.J. McCants is really, uh, so far, has been a revelation coming over from Ole Miss mm-hmm. in center field. Uh, he's, his bat has been tremendous. His ability to steal bases and be disruptive, his defense in center field, uh, I've been very impressed with that. Gage Miller uh, from Bishop State, the JUCO transfer, he's been tremendous so far. Uh, having an all-SEC-level start uh, as a leadoff guy, uh, showing a lot of pop out of that leadoff spot, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, And Justin LeBron. I mean, Jim Jarvis was a, an everyday guy that spent the last two years at short, played some second, played a lot of baseball for Alabama, was going to be a Pittsburgh Pirate, uh, was, in, I believe, an 11th-round draft pick. But Justin LeBron, he looks like a, a, a guy that could be a first- or second-round pick in two years. Tremendous athlete, six foot two, very long. Uh, he, he doesn't move like a six foot two guy at shortstop. I've already seen him. He's and he's swinging the bat well early, which is really encouraging from the bottom of the lineup. He's already been, I think, SEC Freshman of the Week. Uh, he's looked tremendous. They, they they look like they have some definite weapons, and so we'll see if this continues to get going. Uh, and that's not even talking about you know the team captain Evan Slate, uh, who uh, transferred from Rutgers who I thought swung the bat well this weekend, and Ian Petruch, who's, I think, a, a guy that really has the trust of Coach Vaughn. He kind of is said it. He and Evan are kind of the leaders of this squad. Petruch is a guy that played at Maryland, knows Coach Vaughn very well, and I think he and Evan, uh, you know, uh, are, are really guys uh, that are uh, stepping up as leaders and kind of and setting the tone for the squad because I know they, uh, they, they kind of they took umbrage to, you know, a uniform, uh, switch from, uh, you know, from Valpo in the second game to motivate themselves and come out and hit four or five home runs in the first inning and really dominate uh, Valpo. And they're playing with an edge, and you kind of enjoy that. I hate to see Riley Quick go down because I think he could have had a big year and yeah. uh, was really yeah. starting to come into his own. But they recruited a lot of guys from the portal pitching-wise that have given them some depth. And people forget Ben Hess was not around for this run last year. He missed half the season. Hess has first-round ability as a Friday night guy. If he's healthy for the whole year and then you get uh, the other guys stepping in, it's been a little bit of a rough start, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, uh, for, uh, you know, uh, for, uh, you know, Aiden Moza, but I think he'll settle in. He, he, if it's not as a starter, then as a reliever. Farone was good in his last two outings. So the pitching staff is going to be the interesting part. How these guys start, uh, you know, expanding their uh, their repertoire. How they kind of get they, they continue to get mound time and, and develop. Like Pierce George, he could throw a hundred miles an hour. His stuff was filthy this weekend. If he continues to get comfortable and his command, uh, you know, can come around and. He could be a huge piece to the bullpen as well. So this is a ball club that's very talented, even though a lot of the parts are new. And I'm really impressed with what I've seen with Coach Vaughn and his staff and the work uh, Jason Jackson continues to do with the pitcher so far. But this will be a big test, as you said. Some really uptick in competition, especially over in Texas. Uh, when they play the Indianas and the Dallas Baptists of the world. All right, Drew, I got a minute, Max, but I want to go ahead and get your early thoughts on the Braves. Uh, we know they're going to be good. Um, two World Series in their history, I still would argue, with as many good clubs as they've had since the early 90s, they should have more. But uh, what are you looking for from the Braves? Well, I mean, it's, it's all about Chris Sale, man. You know, how healthy is he? He's a guy that, when he has been healthy, he helped the Red Sox win a World Series a few years ago. 
Uh, he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. He brings an edge and a nastiness to your to your starting staff. If you can get Max Freed, you know, healthy and back, if Strider can uh, continue to do well. The thing that's always the wild card in baseball is how healthy pitchers are going to be from year to year. Uh, and so we'll see, uh, no doubt about that. But if Sale is back and healthy, I think he can, with this with the lineup they're going to have, the Braves are going to have an outstanding lineup, uh, you would think. If guys continue to uh, and just stay where, where they are and produce to, uh, the, where they have, where we've seen them for the last two to three years, the Braves are going to have one of the best lineups in baseball. But pitching is what wins. We'll see how this bullpen, you know, comes together. And then especially Chris Sale at the top of the rotation with Max Breed and Strider. If he can be, once again, a guy that's worthy of a number one or number two, then I think the Braves are going to be very, very difficult to, to keep from the top of standings in the NL East. And then it's all about how healthy you are going into the postseason and can you get hot like they did a few years ago when they won their second World Series uh, and, uh, and, and uh, really show that there's a lot of great young talent on this squad and that the Braves could be here for another dynastic run. We'll see. But uh, Alex Anthopoulos, too, one thing I love about him, he's not afraid to pull the trigger on trades in the middle of the season. So if the Braves struggle in a couple of areas, you know he's going to start trying to get creative and hopefully, uh, you know, improve the ball club. But I think on paper, the Braves are the best team in the AL East and one of the, or excuse me, the NL East, pardon me, and one of the favorites, I think, probably two top two or three with the Dodgers and, and uh, maybe uh, we'll see the Houston Astros for the World Series. Always a pleasure, Drew. <laughs> Folks, you can follow Drew on X at DrewD977 ESPN. Uh, find him on Facebook, of course, 977 ESPN Radio, and uh, com and uh, various uh, radio shows uh, throughout the Southeast. Thank you, Drew. Thank you, Gary. All right, 955, we'll come back and wrap up hour number one right after this. Don't miss a Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Is switching this. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm February day today, mostly cloudy and breezy, a small chance of a shower, the high near 80. For tonight, mostly cloudy, becoming windy, the low 62. Rain at times tomorrow, turning colder, temperatures falling into the 50s by afternoon. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 958. We're going to go ahead and close out this first hour. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Hour number two is on the way on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTVC. Stay tuned for more of the Gary Harris Show.
WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Monsi Bolaños. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have several impending free agents, but according to head coach Todd Bowles, who was on Good Morning Football today, quarterback Baker Mayfield is an extremely high priority. As for wide receiver Mike Evans, Bowles said that they obviously want to keep him and for him to retire as a Buccaneer. They are releasing two-time Pro Bowl outside linebacker, though, Shaq Barrett. So instead of collecting his $15 million option bonus next month, he will now become a free agent. Monday night in the NBA. Scotty Barnes had a triple-double and the Raptors topped the Pacers 130-122 to 122, and the shorthanded Heat defeated the Kings in Sacramento 121-110 to 110 for their fourth straight win while the Knicks edged the Pistons 113-111. to 111. But for the first time in 23 years, the U.S. women's national team lost a home game against the CONCACAF opponent, falling to Mexico 2-0 on Monday night at the Women's World Cup. They still advanced to the knockout stage this weekend. Now, this hour's West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Threat newsroom. A wind advisory is in effect from noon today till midnight tonight for sustained winds 15 to 20 miles per hour, gust upwards of 40. Those winds not helping firefighters battling wildfires, six of them burning here in West Alabama, 150 statewide, the largest 400 acres in northern Sumter County and 200 acres in Greene County. In a social media post, Tuscaloosa Democrat State Representative Chris England wrote he believes a constitutional amendment will be needed to rectify the Alabama Supreme Court's ruling that frozen embryos or children. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Here we go, everybody. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris, Justin Jones. This hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. Integrity and excellence are the driving force behind the firm and its staff. Our business is to take care of your needs. Call Paul Patterson in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000 or Mike Comer in Northport at 205-759-3939. Remember, the commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you need a personal injury attorney, you need Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law right here in West Alabama. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. Sheldon State head coach Bobby Sproul coming up at 10.30 this morning. Also, Justin is still working on trying to download those files from Greg Byrne. If we can get them uh, downloaded and transferred, we're going to run some of his audio yesterday from the Birmingham Tip-Off Club. Right now, though, we're going to jump out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, and Jeff has been patiently waiting up uh, from up there in Tennessee to talk with us. Good morning, Jeff. How's it going, guys? Doing all right, buddy. Um, I just want to talk about this little storm and deal. That okay. Everybody wants to stop now. Uh, it's not. It's not going to quit. Uh, what, what you have to do is is you have to get your starters or team off the floor or put put them in in the uh, out of the arena in the locker room and then storm the floor. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I can't help that the Duke players out in the middle of the floor. Like I told your buddy Dearmond over there, but he cut me off this morning on his show because he didn't want to hear it about putting players in the locker room and storm the floor. Okay. 
I mean, Kentucky's already collected $200,000 this year from South Carolina LSU. And we'll take it glad we should have won the LSU game. We should have won. South Carolina, we got blown out, so we wouldn't even in that game. But you know, we'll take it glad if, if they, they want to be dumb fools and storm the court and get $100,000. Just the way it is now, if it's a conference game, the school has to pay the other school. Did y'all know that? Yeah, I did. I did. If, 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 if it's a non-conference game, they put in some, I don't know what the fund's used for, but they put in some kind of fund, what, I don't know what it's used for. If it's a non-conference game and you do it. Right. Like football, football, or basketball. <laughs> Which I think that's, I mean, that's, you know, it's fine, got no problem with it. But you're not going to stop this just because some players got hurt because a Duke player was in the middle of the floor. And as far as I'm concerned, this is how Kentucky fans feel about Duke. And I've told Drew this, in 92, when they played in the East Regional Finals, Duke should have blown us out by 50. They were so good. They couldn't do it. They took them a last-second shot by mm-hmm. That night... Did you? I don't know how old you are. Did you? Have you ever watched that game or something? Oh man, I'm I'm 60 years old. I watched that. I watched it live. Jeff, what I'm saying is, yeah, one of the great games in college basketball history, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, but I I've watched it many times. Sure. I just wish I want to say when 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 Leitner when, when he stepped on when he took his foot and stepped on Timberlake stepped on his uh, yep. uh, stomach and they didn't call him they didn't do a technical foul or nothing because he was a star that he got away with it. And that's and that's what and that's the bias. What it was when they didn't do that, then, then Kentucky. All, that's why all most of the fans, if they're old enough like I am, that's why they hate Duke so much. It ain't the fact they beat us because they were better than us that night. Like they should have blown us off the floor, but, but, but it took them a last second. It took them two point one seconds to do it. So I mean that's why. So when you get away, so, so I've got no that that guy that got injured. Oh well, I'm sorry. Don't be in the middle of the floor. Tough. Okay, get tough. Okay, and and also, if you don't want to storm the court, win the ball game. You wouldn't have to worry about it, would you? If that'd be Wake Forest Saturday, they wouldn't have to worry about them storming it. As far as I'm concerned, so I mean, you know, if Duke wants to be a blue blood, that's what you get. Kentucky, every time we go on the floor, it's like Cattle tells his players all the time. He tells them when 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 we when they play you, it's their Super Bowl. They're trying to make a name off you every time we step on the court. That's why Kentucky's the blue blood, North Carolina is, and Kansas. They're the only three blue bloods in college basketball. Duke's not. Michigan State's not. I don't care what they say. They haven't done it long enough. Do you, do you know who coached a Duke before Coach K, who the coach was? Yeah, it was Bill Foster, wasn't it? Okay. Well, I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe you know. I don't know. Nobody else does. Nobody else knows it. I mean, uh, no other team. Yes, no, any other Duke fan, they don't know who it was. So I'm, I'm just, I mean, I mean, those three schools have done it longer. And the thing about they, these three people, Rupp, Dean Smith, and Fog Allen, have arenas named after them. Coach K has a court named after him. Any questions? Well, why don't Coach K, why don't they name it Coach K Stadium or something up there instead of Cameron Indoor? Any questions? I'd rather have an arena named after me than a, than a court. What about you? Yeah, you know, I, I, we deal with it here with Alabama football. It's, it's, it's the same thing with Alabama football, just like it is Kentucky and basketball. So, you know, we, we see the, the field deal, you know, two years ago at Tennessee, there was almost a, a bad incident up there. So, um, you know, it's for me, uh, Jeff, it's just one of those things that regardless of who is involved, I, I think the players, the coaches, the staff, uh, deserve the opportunity to get off the field or get off the court. Um, 
you know, so I hope they can address this and, and come up with something because I don't want to see a, a, a player get hurt. Or I, or I tell you this, I don't want to see a player because I've seen it come close a couple times with Alabama football. I've been on the field when Alabama football players were trying to get off the field in the Iron Bowl, and I've seen a couple players uh, come close to losing their cool. You know, and all it's going to take is for one of these student athletes to slug one of these kids. You know what I'm talking about, Jeff, and you're going to have lawsuits all over the place. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's something that uh, I think that they, they need to deal with. But uh, appreciate your phone call, man. Good to hear from you. Call back anytime. Uh, it's 10.09 here on the Gary Harris Show. And, uh, you know, this this court storming, rushing the field type of thing, Justin, whether – Jeff likes it or not, you know, Duke is considered a uh, a blue blood in basketball and and Fabowski getting, you know, hurt has brought a lot of attention to this. I, I but I've been talking about it for a couple of years and I agree with what he said. There's no doubt Kentucky deals with it, man. Um there's no doubt that um um you know, they deal with it and and um and I was right. Bill Foster was the coach at Duke before Mike Krzyzewski. You know, I, listen, I'm not bragging, but you know this, Justin. You worked me long enough. I, I, I know my stuff. And and uh, anyway, but uh, Bill Foster, you know, took a team to the Final Four and took a team to the championship game with Mike Jaminski and Gene Bakes and some of those guys. So, but anyway, getting back to the to the to um, to my point, um, teams shouldn't shouldn't. Who, who the teams are playing shouldn't play into it. Now, I understand Jeff's still mad that Duke beat Kentucky back in 1992, but um, whether it's Duke in basketball or Kentucky in basketball or, or North Carolina in basketball or Alabama in football or, or you know, whatever school it is, I, I'm more, you know, as I said earlier, Justin, because I've seen it, man, at the Iron Bowl, I, I've seen it come close. What worries me more than an athlete, student athlete getting hurt because they can't protect themselves is a student athlete getting run into, knocked down, losing their cool and slugging one of these kids. And then what are you going to have? You're going to have that student athlete's life is wrecked. You're going to have a lawsuit. You're going to have. So it's not just about the safety of the players, the staff, the coaches. Although that's a bit, It's also about the safety of the students and the people rushing the the field or the court. I'm telling you, man, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to have one of these student athletes that are big, strong, athletic, fit. They're going to get knocked down or blindsided or whatever, and they're going to get up and they're going to waylay somebody. And you, you can sit there I mean, and say, well, it, you know, it's never happened before. That doesn't mean it won't happen. And then you've got all kinds of issues. So I do think, Justin, it's time right now to figure out – something and it's like Jay Billis said and he's right about I don't agree with Jay Billis on everything uh, but he's right and 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 Greg Byrne too if you want to stop it you can stop it you've just got to put measures in that are penal enough that the schools make sure that nobody charges the field of the court because of what they're going to suffer whether it's a, like Greg Byrne said you forfeit the game I guarantee you there'll be there'll be measures put in place to keep people from getting on the court of the field no you're exactly right and I think uh you brought up a good point, though, Gary, that we've almost seen this already uh, two years ago now in Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Burton. That <laughs> situation was, man, if the wind was blowing the other way, we might have seen something different. It could have gotten, gotten out of hand. And, and I'm just telling you, I, I admire these student athletes from these losing teams when they're the ones being charged for keeping their cool. You know, I, I really do. And uh, <laughs> like we, we saw with Filipowski, um, 
other than the contact that he had when he ran a collision there, ran into somebody, but the other people behind him are shoving him, pushing him. Um, Filipowski described it as a punch. I don't know if it was a punch in the back that I saw, but the, the inebriated, lost-in-the-moment fans might be the most dangerous thing yeah. in sports. I mean, I just, again, I... <laughs> It's all fun and games until it's not fun and games. And and I'm just telling you, you, you say it can't happen, but it could happen. You know, you could have basketball players that are just off an emotional loss. Fans are everywhere, in their faces, and all it takes is one of those basketball players to lose their cool and slug somebody, and then the other basketball players are coming to their defense, and you could have an all-out brawl. And I'm just telling you. You could have an all-out brawl, and it could be, it could be ugly, ugly, ugly. So, just something to think about. All right, ten fourteen here on the Gary Harris Show. Hey, it's uh, it's prom season, and you young gentlemen out there want to look good. I know for your dates, for your family, for your pictures. <clears throat> As I always say, those prom pictures, man, they last forever. So, if um, you want to look your best, there's only one place to go. T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery, and the University Mall. Tom and the guys there will hook you up, man. If you want to go conservative and 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 kind of stylistic, you can do that. Or if you want to be a little gaudy, in other words, you want to be a little shiny, you want to be a little loud, uh, they can hook you up there too. Whatever you want for your prom, they can help you find it. T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery, and the University Mall. We'll be back with more of the Gary Harris Show right after this. Krispy Kreme. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm February day today, mostly cloudy and breezy, a small chance of a shower, the high near 80. For tonight, mostly cloudy, becoming windy, the low 62. Rain at times tomorrow, turning colder, temperatures falling into the 50s by afternoon. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Catch every game and every moment right here. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ten eighteen. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Phone lines are open on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline at 205-342-9904. I'd love to hear from you here in this segment. we got the Bobby Sproul coming up at 1030, talking about a Hall of Fame celebration coming up this weekend for Shelton State Baseball and Bobby Sproul. And, uh, of course, just a great coach. Um, again, I, I'm just uh, in awe of the fact that Shelton State has two of the finest coaches uh, in the country uh, with Shelton State in baseball and Madonna Thompson in women's basketball right there here in Tuscaloosa at Shelton State and uh, uh, just a great, great athletic department there. And Stillman's doing great things. I mean, I know we focus on the University of Alabama, and rightfully so, but um, there's a lot of great sports here in Tuscaloosa with Shelton, Stillman, uh, the high schools. And um, just the one thing I want to bring up in this segment, because already – 
somebody's tweeted it out. You know, they're underway at the uh, Legacy Arena for the state high school AHSAA basketball tournament, and there's already a uh, tweet going out of a girls' game that's already in the stall. Where do you come down on a high school shot clock here for the AHSAA in Alabama? I'm all for it. I don't think it has to be 30 seconds. I think high school 45 is fine. Uh, then if you want to if you want to run some clock and run it down to 10 seconds, that's 35 seconds you can take off it. But you have to engage. You have to, at, at some point in a game, play basketball. Even if you know you're outmined. And I saw a score yesterday. Did you see it? It was... Uh, 41 to zero. 41 to nothing and a half. But I give the other team credit. They played. You know, they, they did, were down they 41 nothing at half. Some points. They did eventually score some yeah, points. Yeah, they got 16 points in the second half. But give them credit. They played the game. They didn't score. And, and I'm sure that was embarrassing to them. But is it more embarrassing than standing out there trying to dribble down for an entire quarter or half? It's... It's so bizarre. Uh, the, uh, the video you're talking about, I saw it, Gary. And like you said, they're just, she's not even dribbling, though. She's just sitting there holding the I ball. I know. It, it's, that's not basketball. That's not the concept. That's not the idea. And for a coach, and I'm not a coach, so I'm, 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 I try not to criticize coaches, but are you really coaching your team? Do you consider that, well, that's our only chance to win? You know, there's no shot clock. But that's no fun for anybody. That's not fun. That's just not what people pay to see. That's not the that's not the spirit of competition. I, I think a shot clock would fix that. Um, I'd be fine with 30 seconds, but this is high school. And if you want to make it 45, that still guarantees that you're going to have possessions. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I, I just I, I don't understand why the AHSAA is so hesitant to – well, all right. There probably is a, a reason that I haven't thought of, Justin. So what you could do, if nothing else, is just do it for regional and the state championship tournament. Because I know the issue could be during the regular season, smaller school districts having to pay for shot clocks, you know, it might be difficult in some of those, you know. So, if nothing else, make it a, a postseason rule. Because once you're going to these regional tournaments, you're playing at junior college or college arenas, certainly for the legacy arena. Yeah, playing in the legacy arena. Yeah, you know, that, that's not an issue. So, if you say, well, you know, during the regular season, we got seven classifications. We couldn't install some schools although I don't think it costs that much to get a shot clock, even if it's an old manual clock that you just you put on the floor on each end have, or something. Have somebody stand there with their phone timer. Yeah, or something. Hold it up there. But then. still, if you don't want to do it <clears throat> for the regular season, you could still do it for beginning with, even if you didn't want to do it for um, area tournaments, you know, you could still do it for the regionals and you could do it for the state tournament. And, and we could avoid this, you know, now. Again, I, I'm sure being down 41 to nothing yesterday, I think it was Elba, and they were playing Spring Garden. Is that right? That sounds right, yes. I'll, I'll look it up. But I'm sure that was no fun for those girls to be down um, 41 to nothing at half. But they can take pride in the fact that they played, and they did come back <coughs> and score 
16 points in the second half. I'm looking that up to double check it, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was Spring Garden who is a powerhouse. Okay, Spring Garden in Class One A girls basketball <coughs> is a juggernaut. I believe I, on Wimp and Berry's show they have a commit that's coming to Alabama to play. They basketball. do. She's outstanding. I think it's uh, uh, what is her name? Um, I'll find it. She's out. She's great player. Great player. But <coughs> Ricky Austin, the coach there, has has built a dynasty, and it was forty one to nothing. Now, Elba's got to be a good team, or they you, they couldn't advance all the way. So, but at least those girls played. Um, they played. You know, they didn't stall. Um, you know, and they came out and they scored 16 points in the second half. I give them a lot of credit. Ace Austin. I think it's. I think that's uh, Coach Austin's daughter. In fact, see if you can check that. Um, I think Ricky Austin's daughter. She's a phenomenal player. Uh, Ace Austin, she finished with 22 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, and 5 steals. Uh, phenomenal player. And can't wait to see her in Alabama. <clears throat> but again, Elba was down 41 and nothing at half. But you know what? They played. And I like what their coach said. Coach Sean Hammonds, it was a tough first half. We just challenged them in the locker room. We just told them, let's show some school pride and get after it and see if we can put the ball in the basket. And we finally did. But hats off to Spring Garden. They play terrific defense. That is a class coach right there, in my opinion. So the shot clock deal, <clears throat> it's an issue. When teams play stall ball, and um, we'll see what the HSA does going forward in the future. But I don't think anybody that goes to the state tournament in Birmingham wants to see teams stand out and not engage. Just something, something to think about. Got to be in, in like infuriating for I guess the other team. I mean, may, the other team might be doing stall as well and, and holding the ball. But if you're going there and starting a, a final four or a, a championship game, and the other team just comes out and holds the ball as long as they can, it. it I, if I was a coach, I'd break a clipboard. <laughs> like, well, let's play the I game. guess. You can try to turn them over, <coughs> force the issue defensively. Um, That's what I mean. You do full court press the entire game. Yeah, I mean, I guess that that would be way. something that you could try to do to get them to to engage you. But anyway, it's uh, it's something that happens, and it's not just in the state of Alabama. Um, it happens all over the country. I do think there are some states that have, and I'd have to double check this. I'm not positive, but I think there are some states that in high school basketball they play with. A shot clock. I do think that that's um, something that goes on. All right, uh, that's just the topic that I wanted to bring up here on the show. It's 1026. Speaking of topics, um, big weekend at Shelton State this weekend for Shelton State Baseball. One of the legendary coaches in the country in the junior college ranks. One of the best to ever do it, Bobby Sproul. We're going to discuss it coming up next here on the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC, your home for Alabama sports. We'll be back with Coach Brown next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Covering University of Alabama sports as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ten thirty. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. 
and uh, we are going to jump out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcome in friend of the program, uh, personal friend, uh, one of the greatest baseball coaches in the country at any level, over 1,100 wins uh, at Shelton State, closing in on 1,200. And uh, this weekend, there's going to be a, uh, a ceremony at Shelton State uh, during the Wabash Valley Series Um as uh, Coach Sproul's induction into the Junior College Baseball Hall of Fame. We're going to talk more about that. We'll visit with him, of course, obviously, about baseball in general and a lot of other topics. But Bobby Sproul's with us. Good morning, Coach. What's up, Gary? How are you doing? Always a pleasure to have you on the program. Yeah. And uh, like I said, over 1,100 wins now going into the uh, Junior College Baseball Hall of Fame. And uh, going to be a little ceremony for you on Saturday against Wabash Valley. I know you're you're always the kind of guy that's all about the team and the baseball and let's play games, but uh, still a nice uh, a nice moment coming up this weekend for you. Yeah, I'm sort of looking forward to seeing some of the old players come back and that type of thing. You know, I, like I tell people, when you've been in as long as I am, the Hall of Fame, it's it, you know, it's exciting. Don't let, I'm not trying to downplay it, but. But it is a fact that when you're in it as long as I've been, you know, chances like that happen. So. Of course, Coach Sproul, former major leaguer, former Alabama pitcher. And, uh, and, and you know, we've discussed this before. But when you took the Shelton job, and um, did you – did you foresee that you would <laughs> you would be there for you know forty years or whatever it's been and and uh, win eleven hundred games when you took the job? What was your thought process at the time? You know, I just enjoyed being around the game so much, and that job happened to come open, and I was I was still trying to fight my way in pro ball a little bit, and then I made a decision: heck, I'm just going to stay in it this way. I still get to see a lot of my friends in baseball and and that type of stuff, and. You know, it's it's really worked out. I've really enjoyed. I've never been one to really go out and look for a job anywhere else. I, I did coach at Alabama for a few years, mm-hmm. um, in between, and and uh, you know, the biggest mistake I almost made was the year Tampa Bay started a, a major. Well, they didn't have the major league team, but they started with two rookie league teams, and a guy called me and wanted to know if I wanted to be a a pitching coach in one of the rookie teams. And then next year when they started double A, I'd go to double A. And, and as crazy as I was, I really didn't think it over, but I signed a contract to be there to do that. Oh, Lord. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, about two weeks before the draft and I had to go down to, to Florida for pre uh, training before we started the season, I called the, the buddy of mine. I said, look, my wife's pregnant. She's going to have a son. I'm, I mean, I'm gonna, we're going to have a baby this summer and I, she's already got a little, we've already got a little boy. And uh, he said, well, I'll give you a couple days off. And, and I hung up and I told my wife, I said, I, Hey, I'm calling him back and I'm not going to take the job. And, and it, you know, it's the best thing I've, yeah. I've done. Anytime any pro teams have called me about that, I've always said, hey, I, I enjoy what I'm doing where I am. And, and uh, you know, my family means more to me than just going on road trips every other day and stuff like that. So it, it panned out to be a good decision. Well, it sure has. It's been great for you. It's been great for your family. It's been great for Shelton State. It's been great for this community. It's been great for a lot of baseball players. I mean, this program that you've built, you and I have discussed this. You know, you've been to Grand Junction a number of times. The only thing left is is to win the national championship. Is that something that drives you? I mean, I know you're not. if you retire, you're not going to say, oh, my God, we didn't win the national championship and, and feel slighted. But at the same time, I know that's a goal. Is that something that still drives you at this point in your career? 
Yeah, it does. I I I kind of like to to you know we made it to the finals one game and and we just happened to play a hot team and there was no way we could beat them and and uh, you, you know but but when you get out there just like this weekend these two teams that we're playing Northwest Florida State and Wabash are, are both been to the World Series mm-hmm. and both done really well. In fact, we played Wabash last year. They're really good and uh, you know I've never thought that that. Those type of teams, even when we get out to Grand Junction, are am I intimidated by them or think we can't play with them? I think you know if you do a good job with your team during the season and you know your players, you you can compete with people, and and that's the way we've always took it. Of course, obviously, baseball at every level deals with with the the major league draft and and professional baseball, and now with the portal, you know, even at the SEC level, uh, they're getting a dose of, you know, rolling your roster over, having to turn it over year to year. It's always been that case to some degree, but much so now is the case. And But you've always dealt with it at the junior college level. I mean, you're even if you keep guys the full amount of time, it's only two years. So you're constantly tweaking your roster. That's what's amazing to me about how you've sustained your success is that it's, you know, I've covered junior college sports at other places where I've been a sportscaster. It's hard. You know, you might catch that one team where you got, you know, you got eight sophomores and boy, you're, you know, they win 50 games. They, they, they make it to uh, grand junction. They have a great year, but then the next year they're wiped out, you know, and they win, they win, you know, 20 games. Um, you've been able to have consistent success with the roster rolling over, how you know what's been your formula? I mean, I know it starts with recruiting, but how have you been able to do it year after year after year? Well, number one, being at Shelton, being at Tuscaloosa, I'm not I'm not so gullible to think we don't have a lot of advantages. Right, which we've got a great facility, and and you know the other thing I've I've done is where other guys are different, they want to the winning becomes so important to them. They forget why kids come to junior college. Kids come to junior college because they want to take the next step. Right. And, and a lot of times we'll let our fresh best freshmen go, especially if it's to an SEC school. And you know, you're not going to replace that guy. Um, but you got to find somebody just as good. And we've been fortunate to bring players in that, that fit our needs and, and guys that are a little more polished or guys with, you know, I always, I, I sort of look for players with the ability to play in the SEC but something's missing, whether they're not strong enough, whether there isn't a need. And, and, and that's the way we've always done it. And, and we've always had a pretty deep roster. And one of the benefits is, you know, the game has never changed at a major league level to here since I've been coaching. If you play good defense, if your pitchers throw strikes, if you just make every play, if you can run the bases and hit, hit in situational hitting, you're going to win games. That's, that's the nature of baseball, regardless of how you see it played today. You go to the World Series games, and that's how it's played. So we try and get players that beat that thing, and we've been lucky. We've been, and I've had some really good coaches. Yeah, you have. Um, <clears throat> this club this year, I know it's early, but uh, what's it look like for 2024? I'm excited about it. we got real dominant arms. You know, it's, it's sort of like every year. Sometimes our record starts out a little shaky because we pitch about 14 guys a weekend. And, you know, if a guy has a bad inning, guys aren't really ready to hit yet until they get about 50, 60 at bats. So, you know, we've had some close games that could have gone either way. And, and uh, you know, I'm hoping we, we go out and compete hard this weekend because, like I said, if you give up three runs, you're probably going to struggle winning against these guys because they all have power arms that, that, uh, that can pitch. So. 
All right, Bobby, let me ask you again, and then I want to get into a couple other topics, but let's go over what's on tap on Saturday because I want people, I know former players, coaches, and, and friends of the program are all invited, but I think fans, uh, baseball fans too, uh, are going to want to have an opportunity to be a, a part of this. Uh, I know that uh, you know Bama basketball is going to have college game day in here, but there's still going to be plenty of people, I think, that want to be part of your ceremony. Uh, tell us, do you know the itinerary exactly how it's going to work on Saturday? I'm not sure what we're going to, I know we're going to play at 10 o'clock. First game's at 10. And then in between games, they're going to have a little something for me. Now, I'm not sure what it is, but, but I'm sure Kara's got it worked out and that. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, like I said, anytime guys come back, that's the, the biggest thing mm-hmm. as a coach. If you ask any coach, when former players text you, call you, come back by and see you, you get excited. And, and, uh, so, so that part of it is really, really going to be a plus and you know the big hall of fame ceremony will be at the world series when we and and hopefully we'll be able to take our team out there with us yeah that'd be that'd be the best but still i I alluded to it at the top but to be a coach and to be inducted into your uh, your hall of fame the junior college baseball hall of fame i mean i that's got to be the ultimate yeah, it's you know, it's it, like I said, it means you've been around for a while and you've done a good job. And nowadays, people are trying to jump ship and go to different places. And and you know, in all the years I've ever coached, I've never asked for a raise. So it's not money I do it for. I do it because I enjoy being around kids and, and even even the local kids. Uh, the the summer camps are the, the best fun I have all year to see a six year old catch a ball and see how excited he gets and. You know, in 40 years, the one thing you can say is you've seen kids in the 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010, and 2020s, and and the change in kids as you go. You know, I, I, I've never really changed how I coach, um, and it's gotten a little tougher. And and I think most coaches will tell you, you know, coaching used to be um, correcting mistakes from guys and getting them to get better. Now coaching is criticizing the player they look at you like you're you're getting getting down on them and stuff like that and it's tough to really sell them because as soon as they you get on them they'll shut down for a little while you know and and that, and that's the way our society is at times you know we start shutting things down rather than hey he's just trying to help me get better you know so if you got some good leaders that helps out too Bobby, uh, since we haven't visited in a while, I want to I want to go down memory lane. I always love to talk about um, 1978 because uh, you were a part of something special. 22 years old, uh, you had absolutely been phenomenal uh, at at the Double A level for the for the Red Sox. Um, you get brought up in that incredible, memorable, historic pennant race uh, when the Yankees were. We're trying to track down the Red Sox. Your first start was in Baltimore against Jim Palmer, and you really were a tough luck loser. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, your good friend, Bitch Hobson, um, former Alabama player just like you, didn't he have an error in that game that kind of led to... He might have, but but in his defense, I mean, the ball was was a rocket probably right to him, you know, or, mm-hmm. or not to him, but a tough play. And they gave him an air if they did, um, you know, Butch played as hard as anybody oh, in yeah. baseball, you know, and you couldn't fight it, but it, you know, it's a, but you had a game. tough luck loss. Yeah. You had a late yeah. lead one, nothing. I think in that game, uh, I had, I had a one to nothing lead against, and I was pitching against Jim Palmer, <laughs> 22 <in the> years <laughs> old. <laughs> yeah. In the seventh inning and, and a guy named Lee may hit a home. Oh, Lee may was a bomber. Lee may yeah, was a bomber. Yeah. 
it was a tough luck home run because it really hit off Jim Rice's glove. Oh my gosh! Went over. So, you know, it, 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 you know, it's something you don't ever forget a, your first game, and 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 that was a plus. And you know, seventy eight was a year when I went up. You know, we had like a ten game lead, but it, you know, if you got good pitching, you didn't. You didn't hit, and vice versa. If you hit, your pitching wasn't real good. The Yankees ended up catching us in that game that Bucky didn't yeah. hit the home run. So, yeah, yeah, that was a, it, it was exciting. You know, just thinking back, it seems like yesterday all that happens. I try and tell these kids, hey, you turn around, and you know, it probably seems like just the other day you came to Tuscaloosa, and my God, you've been here forever. You yeah, know? man, nuts. flies by, and and, and enjoy it, you know, because it it'll go quick. So. Final thought on that, though, to be to be at 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 that level at 22, and and I know that um, Don Zimmer was so impressed with you and, and your start against the Orioles that you got that start against the Yankees, and here you are facing the freaking Bronx Bombers, man. You're yeah. facing Jackson and Munson and Pinella and Chamless and 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 my gosh, Bobby. I know when you look back on it now, of course, in the moment you're just trying to pitch, but. Um, <laughs> 22 years old in the middle of that what was that like you know obviously i had a little nerves with me i you know i walked the first couple of guys and i get months to hit into a double play and and you know i get get reggie jackson to hit a weak ground ball it's in, in an area where we couldn't make a play or run scored and then i walked a couple guys on uh some borderline pitches i thought but i wasn't throwing as good as i normally do and because at the time I threw nothing but strikes and I was a I had a power fastball and a hard slider and you know I think Zim got a little little uh didn't want to we had gotten blown out to two games early and he brought somebody in and and then the guy got a double down the line or something but but it was exciting pitching against them you know I tell people all the time you know what the portal is it's the New York Yankees of the 70s late 70s (laughs) you got the money, you can go out and get Catfish Hunter, yeah. Reggie Jackson, all yeah. those guys. You know, it, 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 it tends to – I don't even like talking about the portal. I tell these four-year guys, junior college is the best place to coach right now. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to worry about recruiting your own players yeah. or kids playing for you that know in their mind they're going to leave at the end of the year. and uh, It's a disaster. Well, it's still quite a quite a history. Uh, one final question on the bigs, and then we'll close it out. Um, do you think, Bobby, looking back on it, that I mean, because you you got traded after that '78 season, and you, and you pitched, I think, parts of three seasons with the Astros, and and um, and then you were you know done with professional baseball. Do you think that might have stunted your growth being caught up under that prospect, under that pressure? Uh, you no, had great I stuff. We know that. Why, why do you think you didn't, you didn't make it longer in the big leagues? I don't think it had anything to do with that because I started another game and threw well against Detroit. And, and uh, you know, then I go to spring training and that's where it sort of fell apart. You know, I went down there to be the number three starter behind Eckersley and Torres and, and, um, you know, I got a case of what they call the yips. And if you've never had it, you, you don't know where a ball's going. Mm. You know, you got no clue. And, and, and I did figure it out. I stayed down in Winter Haven after it was over. And, and I figured it out and started throwing good again. And, and uh, then I get, get a call one day from uh, – I was getting ready to start a game up in, I think, Rochester in AAA. And, and uh, said the general manager wanted to talk to me. And I thought they were going to call me back up because I was throwing good. And and he said I'd been traded uh, for Bob Watson to Houston, and and uh, 
you know, it was a blessing in disguise because Houston had had a lot of good good guys, well, like Nolan they? Ryan and Sutton and Joe Morgan and a lot of Hall of Famers. And, uh, you know, I never really had the stuff I had before, you know, where I could just go out and throw fastballs and it was hard for somebody to hit the first pitch. They might follow it off. And, you know, I had a good slider, but I never had that stuff again. You know, I was always similar fighting, fighting the release point. But it, I, I think more than anything, it was that case of the yips, with, which really had nothing to do with 78. Okay. You know, some, for some reason, some people get it. And I got it. So well, like awesome. now I can go out and throw a baseball anywhere I want, you know. <laughs> but then, uh, hey, you throw it, you're just going off the backstop. All right, I lied. One final thing, though, because at Houston, you mentioned it, man. To be to be with Noah and Ryan and, and, and J.R. Richard, and, and I guess you mentioned Don Sutton was, was there, right? Yeah, Don Sutton yeah. was there. Well, yep. What was that experience like, pitching with those guys? go to Houston I was the hardest thrower in the Boston organization I went over there and we had we had those we had Sutton Richard Nolan Ryan and Joaquin Andujar and, and when they threw look <laughs> look one thing that's happened over the years Gary is is radar guns and I tell people this every time they come out with a radar gun there's something new happens the yeah. velocity goes up it never that's goes right. back down right and back then the radar guns we used to use registered when the ball got to home plate and, and with my own eyes, that J.R. Richards is the best I've ever seen. And Nolan Ryan was right there, too. But Nolan was late in his career. But what a good guy. I'd take people from Tuscaloosa over to Atlanta. and We'd have breakfast with him. And they, they, he'd want to know more about them wow. than he did. Than, than he did talk about Well, himself. he's a legend. But you said, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, J.R. Richards, probably 6'8". When he finished yeah. up, he was like he's right on top of the batter. Yeah. Don't you think, Bobby? It's 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 within reason to think he might have thrown a baseball harder than anybody in the history of the game. No doubt about it. And and he had a power slider. You know, you know, back then the Dodgers were always pretty good mm-hmm. with Scarvey and that group. Okay. And, and my God, they wouldn't. The game was over before it started with him. And then then the next day you got to face Joe Necro who's throwing a knuckleball. Then the next day Nolan Ryan and. And uh, it, it was fun with Houston. I really enjoyed it. They had a lot of good guys. I stay in touch with a lot of them. Like Bochy was my old roommate, the guy with Texas. Oh, yeah. The man from Texas, he was my old roommate. I stay in touch with him. And, and uh, so, hey, well, before we go, I hope, I hope the people do come out and watch us play sometime because we do have a good brand of baseball. And I'm excited about the Alabama program this year. I think uh, Rob does a great job, and JJ does a good job, and I think they're uh, they're on the track to some good things. Yeah. So you've been had a chance to get to know Rob Vaughn a little bit. Great guy. Great yeah, guy. I had him on. Uh, well, he, you know, he does. He he's got time for everybody. It yeah. doesn't matter who you are, and, and and the big thing is he gets out there and gets right in the middle of practice, which you know players like that, you know. Not sort of standing around supervised, but right in the middle of it. I think I think he's going to do a good job at Alabama. I, I, I do, and I like all his new assistants. I, th- I think they got it going. Yeah, I've already so, got a text from uh, from Robbie Glenn, uh, a former Bama player that uh, yeah. worked with you. And 
at when you were with 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 Bama. So there's a lot of people listening. And again, folks, let's 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 run it down because uh, and and I'm I'm with Bobby. You don't have to you know if you can't go Saturday, still go out and watch Shelton play. The the facility's top notch. The baseball's high level. But if you can get out there Saturday, they're going to play Wabash Valley at 10 a.m. And then you said uh, the next game you said they're was going to have a little ceremony. Yeah, the game after the game, they're going to have a ceremony uh, for Bobby's induction into the College Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, it's a special time. Uh, you know, you may not be if they get to Grand Junction, or even if they don't get to Grand Junction, Bobby will be out there for that induction. But this is a chance here in Tuscaloosa to be a part of it on Saturday, see some good baseball, and 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 recognize Coach Sproul, who is just uh, 1,100 plus victories. I guess you're closing on 1,200. We're getting pretty close to that, aren't you, Bobby? After a while, you forget. The one thing I know about over 40 years, Gary, there's been a lot of bus rides. Yeah. <laughs> and, well. and, and, and luckily, the bus has gotten better. Just yeah, like they've gotten better, nicer, and that's where the yeah, that's when all nicer. the baseball stories are are, are, are are told. Hey, let me ask you this real quick. Um, yeah. I was so disappointed when uh, Manfred did, you know, after the use the pandemic's excuse to get rid of all these a lot of these minor league teams, it just stinks. Yeah. Uh, you think there's a chance that maybe some of these minor league teams could be brought back once he's out of there? I, I would hope they would. I mean, not only does it give more kids a chance, but but these these people in these smaller towns love it. They love it. That's what they look forward to, and they get to see guys that they eventually will be playing on TV. I hope some of the stuff they do in baseball. I just you, you know nowadays in Major League Baseball. You know, there's a lot of guys that have played the game that just, you know, were baffled about what's going on, you know, in, in that. And, and there's so many guys that that uh, came up through small towns yeah. and, and really enjoyed it, you know. And Yeah, it gives more guys a chance. So hopefully they'll get it straightened out. So. Well, Coach, enjoy the time as always. Looking forward to uh, to Saturday and the entire season there with uh, with Shelton. And hopefully you guys can get back to uh, to Grand Junction. Thank you, Coach. Right. Thanks, Gary, for everything you do for the community. All right. Appreciate you. All right. 1051 here on the Gary Harris Show. A little announcement. <clears throat> Justin has been working tirelessly in there. I say working tirelessly, but he's been on top of it, getting those two files transferred over from uh, from Greg Byrne. Uh, he's got them both now transferred. And so we're not going to have time for it today because the time we come back from this break, you know, we'll have about three minutes to wrap up the show. But we will have the Greg Byrne file um uh, transferred and and he was part of that round table yesterday with the D1 basketball committee over there at the tip-off club but he also you know talked a lot about uh, court storming he also talked about uh, a lot of other topics uh, that are uh, that are newsworthy and and uh, Nate Oates future um, I'm sure you know he talked about football as 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 well so we're gonna have that for you if not tomorrow sometime this week uh because greg byrne uh the ad at alabama uh is one of the more visible uh ad's in terms of the national spotlight he is a mover and he is a shaker and um you know we're looking forward to um um his comments in fact i know he also was asked about eli golden that situation with the, the Crimson Tide Sports Network. So we're going to get that on. All right, right now, let's go ahead and get to our break, and we'll come back and wrap up this edition of the Gary Harris Show right after this. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
right, 10.55. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC, your home for Alabama sports. Of course, we're winding it down. Uh, we got T-Town Sports Daily coming up at 11 a.m. until noon. And then uh, Miller's Edge with uh, Corey and Christian Miller from noon until 2. Ryan Fowler will take you home with the game from uh, 2 until 6. And, of course, uh, we'll crank it back up in the morning with uh, Martin Houston from 6 a.m. to 7. Wimp and Barry inside the locker room 7 to 9. I'll be back tomorrow for the uh, Wednesday edition of the Gary Harris Show 9 to 11. Matt Coulter will be with us to talk about that incredible finish at Atlanta. Uh, one of the best finishes I've ever seen. Three cars, photo finish at the end. It was so close. They had to do the 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 laser or whatever, you know, still photography to get, uh, to uh, decide that Suarez beat uh, Blaney and Kyle Busch to the to the stripe. So we'll uh, we'll look back at that and look ahead in NASCAR. Also, uh, Bart Heights on hoops tomorrow as we get ready for a big week for Alabama basketball. Huge week tomorrow night at Ole Miss, and of course Tennessee comes in here on Saturday. So. Great show coming up uh, tomorrow. Uh, also, um, as I said, our great lineup. We also have a Stingray show coming on every night here on Tide 100.9 FM with uh, Stephen Ray. So we just got great sports talk. I, I've mentioned this before, but I got about a minute here, so I'm going to plug us again. Um, if you look around the country, <clears throat> I don't care what the market size is, I don't think there's another station in the country that has – the lineup that we have all local all day. A lot of these stations, they'll have a local show or two, but you know what it, how it works. They're, they're, they're supplemented with a syndicated show or a national show or something like that. You know, you might have, you know, they might have a local show in the morning and <clears throat> then they might have a, a midday show that's national. Uh, they might come back and have a local show for afternoon drive, but very rarely do you start your show uh, you're programming with a local show and end it with a local show the way we do all day long. I think that's pretty cool to be in Tuscaloosa and have local sports talk all day long on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. All right, for Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Al Patterson, Comer, Attorneys at Law, brought you the second hour. And uh, we'll uh, get on out of here. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m.
you for listening to The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. WTB.